2022, coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Hope everyone had an amazing 4th of July weekend. I spent it at the best possible place, which is Disney World. And more specifically, we spent most of the evening at Epcot in the American Pavilion. We kind of just hung out um, outside of Regal Eagle. We hit that bar right there and had some really nice drinks. And we got some mobile ordered food from Regal Eagle as well. And it was just a really nice way to spend the 4th of July. And I spent the week leading up to it as well there, which is what is going to be our e-ticket attraction for today. It's going to be my trip report where I stayed at the Dolphin Resort. And more on that will come as a part of our e-ticket attraction, like I said. I also tried something new for the first time in my recent trip. And I'll also share exactly what that new experience was. And I ended up loving it. We're also trying something completely new to us coming up soon. I believe it's July 17th, around there, 16th maybe. Um, and honestly, I didn't even know it existed until probably a month ago, like I said in a previous episode. We, um, we booked a club-level room at the Coronado Springs Resort at the Grand Destino Tower. And they offer included items throughout the day that changes out depending on breakfast, lunch, dinner, or... Um, you know, the hours leading up to before it closes at like 10 p.m., I think. But uh, we get access to that club-level lounge. I think it's called the Kronos Lounge or something like that. It's like the second to lo- uh, second to top level of the Grand Destino Tower. And guests staying at the club level get special access to this. So you get like a buffet of items throughout the day, snacks, beverages, like beer. All you can drink beer, um, wine, and things like that, too. I know they have like Grand Marnier and stuff like that for the evening time after dinner. So definitely going to try that out and I'll give you a review of that after that happens. But I'm very excited um, for that experience, which is also something that's new to me as well, which is one great benefit of being a local to the Orlando area now. But let's start off. Let's get to the news. We have quite a bit to cover today. So let's get to it. As a reminder, today is Friday, July 8th, 2022. This short week really went by quick, and it's almost the weekend again. It's almost here. Okay, the new Marvel movie, Thor, Love and Thunder, hit theaters last night. That's usually the Thursday night when it usually drops. I'm very excited about this one. Ever since Taika Waititi took over the franchise, the Thor franchise, um, it has been incredible. So he kind of has the right vision and the sense of humor that you know sometimes Thor requires. Uh, I know they uh, added Korg, right, which is Taika himself voicing it. But I think ever since he took over, I know he does a lot with Star Wars and things like that recently. But um, I love most of his work. So ever since then, I love Thor. The first two weren't too terrible. I know it gets a a bad rap, those first two Thor movies, but I I seem to enjoy them for the most part. I liked it better than Hulk for sure. Um, But the, the most recent one, Ragnarok and... Um, This one looks great as well, so I'm very excited to see it. I hope to do so very quickly, very soon, maybe this weekend or next week sometime. Uh, I plan on going to the AMC and Disney Springs because there, there's also a special Thor popcorn bucket, and it's one of the coolest buckets I've ever seen. It's actually Thor's hammer, so um, you can get Thor's hammer with a bunch of popcorn in it as well, which is my plan. I hope they stick around for more than the opening weekend so we'll see i recently saw dr strange in the multiverse of madness on disney plus and i thought it was really incredible as well so 
Um, I'm loving what Marvel's doing right now. They're taking it kind of in a new direction ever since uh, the Avengers movies, right, in-game. And some changes happened there. They've done a, a few series as well. Some of those uh, limited series and series that hopefully continue, like Loki, which I love that as well. Um, but Doctor Strange, I highly recommend it. I was a little bit in the first Doctor Strange. Didn't really appeal to me, but I feel like with all the other connections and you see how Doctor Strange plays in with like Spider-Man and all the other characters in, Mar in the Marvel Universe kind of explains his story a little bit more and you kind of get more excited for what he can do and offer to the franchise and i love multiverse of madness i thought it was really great it was a fun movie a little bit scary on the scary side but um, not too bad and i think in a future episode i want to do a movie review of these two films and upcoming episodes i think that would be something fun and a little uh, different content than what we're used to on here i think doing that Anytime there's a new Disney movie or something like that that comes out. And if I see it, I'd like to review it for you guys. I also saw Lightyear at AMC and Disney Springs, and I loved it too. I know it was getting like a lot of negative reviews and criticism, but I thought it was a great movie. It had a pretty big twist as well if you've seen it. If not, I don't want to spoil it for you. But yeah, I'd like to kind of venture out and do some movie reviews as well. I'm a huge cinephile and i love movies so i feel like that would be something that i could offer this podcast audience too so more on the way i do have a lot of plans for this podcast and that's one of them okay at doc Ondors, onders i'm probably saying that incorrectly but um i've been there too recently but the new legacy lightsaber that's where you get those legacy lightsabers those kyber crystals for your um, created lightsabers you can get those there and Plo Koon is now available so it's $159.99 and I was reading up on this I was researching it and I had no idea I never really got into the legacy lightsaber thing but I started to venture out in there and apparently you can vote on these uh, new lightsaber hilts that you want to see at Doc Ondars and, um, and yeah this is one that won recently Plo Koon, and now it's available. So um, I thought that was pretty cool how they get voting from the people, from the listeners, and and they actually um, take some action on it too as well. So that's the new lightsaber hilt that's available. And it's a really cool thing that they do there. So they do change out some. They have some limited release ones as well. I recently saw um, Ahsoka Tana's awesome one in like a nice little box briefcase type of thing it's like a big white briefcase it was 400 bucks for like two lightsaber hilts um it's kind of like a samurai style like she uses in in the tv show um so they do have some awesome lightsaber hilts there for purchase as well all right moving on disney recently announced tiana's bayou adventure will be coming in late 2024 this replaces the Splash Mountain attraction in both Disneyland and Disney World. So I've seen a lot of negative reviews for Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Let me know how you feel about it. I know change is difficult and it's hard to kind of wrap your head around until you actually see it. So I'm kind of, I'm giving it a fair shot. I think the retheming will be awesome with Dr. Facilier and the awesome soundtrack that is in Princess and the Frog. I think it could be great. And Dr. Facilier is a great villain, so I can see that end, end scene where you're about to make that drop. 
I could see that with Dr. Facilier and some awesome voodoo magic there and kind of keep that same suspense level that they currently have with like those buzzards and the ominous music before you drop. So I'm very open to it and I think it's going to be a great addition to the park and um, something that the newer age people can relate to. I know everybody has that nostalgia factor for Splash Mountain and those songs that you experienced in the past. So um, my recommendation is it's coming late 2024, probably going to take at least a year to refurbish or longer. So if you do the math in your head, you probably want to get on that ride as soon as you can in your next trip. Maybe do it a few times if you really love it. Maybe it's your favorite attraction. Definitely get on Splash Mountain because it's going to be closing fairly soon. If I had to guess, I would I would guess it would probably close when it gets colder. So it could be even as soon as the end of this year if I had to guess. But um, that's just speculation. And that makes the most sense to me. I know it takes a long time to um, put some new overlays and um, retheme these attractions. That is a big attraction too. So um so get on it soon that's basically my words of wisdom get on it soon if you love splash mountain because it will be changing very soon more character dining is returning to disney world i love these meals these are the ones that you can sit down characters come around to your table you bust out the autograph books take a picture with them and you're in air conditioning while you're enjoying a good meal so more of these character dining experiences are returning not in the immediate future but pretty soon like a couple months down the road so crystal palace that was one at magic kingdom that used to have winnie the pooh characters but when coronavirus struck um it hasn't come back yet but it will be returning so winnie the pooh character experiences and meals are back starting september 20th at crystal palace in magic kingdom i've done this meal before with characters i've done it without characters and I feel like the characters add a lot to this meal. So I'm definitely excited for that. And we did a couple of character meals on our previous trip. And my kids are kind of getting into that. My daughter especially, she's almost four, is getting into that. Um, getting the autographs, getting the pictures. That's what she looks forward to. So um, the best way to do that, sitting in air conditioning. Now it's time for our e-ticket attraction of the day. And that is our trip report. So, like I said, we were gone for about seven days. We stayed at the Dolphin Resort over there at the Swan and Dolphin, right on the boardwalk. And we arrived on June 29th, 2022, and stayed until the day after the 4th of July. So, July 5th is when we checked out early that morning. And I'm just going to run through the days. And what I realized was I need to do a better job of taking notes of these um the days, the trips, because once they once they happen on your My Disney Experience app, they're gone. Or at least what I could find. I couldn't really find much. So I'm kind of trying to piece together pictures of what we did. And if you guys have taken these trips before, they all kind of run together. So um, some of those like key moments will stand out for you, obviously. And you'll remember special occasions like the 4th of July and where you were. But some of those trips to Epcot and Hollywood, I'm like... Was that the first day, the third day, fourth day, and so forth. So in the future on my trip reports, I'm going to make it a point to like take a screenshot of our plans and, and things like that and just you know make sure it's more well documented and easier to find. But I was trying to piece together pictures of what we did on those days and it was a little difficult. So um but here we go. So we 
we kind of just let the kids wake up early in the morning on the 29th and they pretty much woke up on their own my son likes to sleep in a little bit but he actually woke up at a decent hour uh, or a decent time and pretty early so once he was awake we got up got packed and uh, yeah and we hit the road and from our house it's about 27 28 minutes to the Dolphin Resort <clears throat> so what we did was we parked at the Dolphin and check-in times not until 4 p.m. You can request like through the Bonvoy Marriott Bonvoy app, which they are a partner with Marriott Bonvoy, so you can accumulate points very quickly there. And what we did was we parked at the Dolphin because we knew we'd be coming back. Either our choices were park at Epcot or park at the Dolphin. We chose to park at the Dolphin just because once we got back from the parks and we had our room ready to go and they do send you like an update on your phone once it's time to uh, go to your room or whenever your room's available they'll send you like a little mobile key too if you have the bonvoy app and it took i think right around like 3 15 or three o'clock in the afternoon for us to get our key so it was about as late as you could get and so therefore we stayed at the parks most of the day all right so we parked at the dolphin we got everything out that we needed like the stroller and cooler and you know all of our stuff that we needed for the parks that day uh cameras and whatnot and then we walked to the boardwalk and over to epcot which it is a very short walk so that's one of the main perks of staying there and it's i think epcot's a little bit closer than hollywood and it doesn't feel like much of a trip you do have to go up more hills going to epcot but Hollywood seems like a, a longer distance. So I would say Epcot's no more than like 10 minutes, while Hollywood's like 15 to 20 minutes. So <clears throat> very convenient, honestly. Like it doesn't get more convenient than staying at the Boardwalk Resort or that area. And like I've said before, the Swan and Dolphin is a cheaper option um, out of all of those, those options that you have because it's not really a Walt Disney World Resort. Just a little bit of information about parking at the dolphin or swan it is 32 dollars <throat> which is it's on the pricier side but you are parking at the boardwalk and i'm sure the reason is that so that people don't abuse it people trying to get to disney and skip out on the parking um i think at the parks it's like 25 or 30 dollars it's free for us with our annual pass which is great but uh being so conveniently located in such a short walk some people might try to take advantage of those and park there, but being charged $32, I don't think they're going to try to do that. So that's just kind of my thinking. I feel like they're trying to ward off some people from stealing all the parking spots at the boardwalk and, you know, taking advantage of it. So uh, I know parking at like Pop Century is like $15 or $20 a night as opposed to uh, $32 here at the Dolphins. So it is quite a big difference just for reference. I think the other boardwalk resorts are like 20 or $25 a night. So this is on the higher side. Um, so I feel like Marriott's kind of taking advantage of that. And, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's not bad. You do have to pay to park at Disney. So uh, it is expected. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the Swan and Dolphin, the Swan is managed by Weston, technically. 
and Sheraton manages the Dolphin. So just for your reference, there is a Swan Reserve there as well, um, which is a newer uh, hotel there. I don't know the the benefit of the, the Swan Reserve because it is across the street, um, back where like that Fantasia themed mini golf is. You do have to cross over the street and then still go through basically the Swan and go through there. So it's probably going to add like another 10 minute walk onto your time from the Swan or Dolphin. So I don't really know the huge benefit of that. I know they're probably trying to add some more hotel rooms for conferences and things like that. So, um, but if you do know some benefits, let me know. So like I said, we got to the parking lot at the Dolphin around 8.45 a.m. It wasn't too busy there yet. There was like a dance competition going on at the Dolphin in their like convention space. So parking was at a premium towards the end of this trip. And, um, but at the beginning it was not the case. So then we walked over to Epcot. It was like a short 10 to 12 minute walk since we were coming from the parking lot. First thing in the morning, we got Genie Plus for the day. So we paid the $15 per person plus tax. I think it's $15.98 per person with tax. We got that. First thing we did, my wife got on and she's an expert at the virtual queue for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And she was able to snag one pretty easily. So um, it was one of the later groups to be called. But she did reserve one of those virtual queues. So we didn't have to pay to ride this ride, which is awesome. Next, I did this part. I woke up at around 6.55. I always set an alarm when I'm getting Genie Plus. So you can buy it because you do have to buy Genie Plus the morning of or the day of, I think, after midnight if you want to do that instead. But I find it easier just to wake up about 10 or 15 minutes early, buy it on the My Disney Experience app, and yeah, and get ready and get your day kind of started and planned out that way. So what I did was I got at 7 a.m. I um, reserved Frozen Ever After. So in Norway, I got that ride. That's one of the hotter attractions to get. We were able to get lucky with that one a couple times this trip, and we got it a couple times. So um the time worked for us. We wanted it in the morning, and I think it was like somewhere around like 10 o'clock in the morning, which worked out really well for our schedule. So I did that, and we had Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind lined up for usually around noon. They usually try to call it by noon or 1 o'clock, uh, which is what we did. So we walked to Epcot. We didn't have any dining plans or anything like that set up, and it's kind of nice not to have too many plans going into the day. So a lot of times we'll, you know, overbook or have some sort of a reservation, sometimes two per day. And on those days when you don't have it, it's kind of nice just to go with the flow and kind of see whatever's calling to you as you're walking around the World Showcase or just around the theme park and uh, seeing what you want to eat, what you want to drink, and so forth. And that's what we did this day. So this day we did kind of walk around. We rode Frozen. We got on the Three Caballeros ride in Mexico, and it was a pretty laid-back morning. We just kind of walked around, did some shopping, and looked for, because it is, it was like the last week of the Flower and Garden Festival, so we wanted to take advantage of those booths while we could and get some of those um, food items and drink items while we could, because the fourth was actually the last day. So that's what we did. I tried out the... 
um, pork tenderloin over by Test Track at that booth. And it was really good. It had like some succotash with it as well. And it was really well done. Like I wasn't expecting it to taste as good, but I got it while my, my wife was writing uh, Cosmic Rewind. And it tasted really great. So it was pork tenderloin that was grilled. And everything's basically fresh over there at that booth. So for next year, I hope that one is back. That was really tasty. Also, another one that I've been meaning to try, I kind of just kept walking by it, which I did try on this day as well, was the the booth where you can get like the Orange Bird Sipper. can't remember the name. It's escaping me right now. I'll have to look it up. But um, it was the Crispy Pork Moho. And it's kind of like a pork belly dish that was crispy. And it kind of had some uh, pork rinds on there too. And that was a really good dish too. I, I wasn't expecting too much from it. But I've always been meaning to try it, and I'm glad I did. So uh, I, I think they run about like $6 a plate, too. So you get a fair amount for about $6, and you can just try these small plates. That's what I love about the festivals. And out of the two, I think I like the pork tenderloin just a little bit better. It was more like my style, and I feel like just throwing pork rinds on a plate you know, isn't really the best use of $6. I feel like they could have done something else, maybe with bacon or something like that. Um, but I can go to the grocery store and get pork rinds, which is basically what it tasted like. So, um, but the pork part that they cooked was really great. I think they fried the pork belly and it was pretty tasty. But like I said, the other parts on the plate were just kind of filler. But it was very tasty. I'm glad I tried it. And I'd probably get both of them again next year when it comes back. The Flower and Garden Festival is one of the longest festivals, I feel like, and I think it is about time for a change, and the Food and Wine, one of the most popular festivals, which also runs for quite a while, is coming up very soon. So I think initially it starts in later July. I'll have to get an exact date on that, but um, it is coming up very soon, and I know all the booths aren't opening until like early August or even middle of August for some of those booths. But once that opens up, that rolls all the way through Thanksgiving. So that's a couple months of the festival, and then it'll roll right into that holidays around the world. So looking forward to that. Uh, the first day, um, didn't have too many plans. We got some Genie Plus booked. We got a couple of rides done. Like I said, we didn't have any dining reservations or anything like that. We did, because on our previous trip, we... Notice that we were able to mobile order from the Ale and Compass at, uh, or at the Yacht Club, and we were able to pick it up, and this is some of the best food we've ever tasted on Disney property, and this was mobile ordered. So what we had was this, like, um, cream-style pasta. My wife got that, and I just, I ordered a burger because the first time I wasn't expecting, I was just like, I'm in a burger mood, and, you know, it's kind of hard to mess up a burger. So I ordered that the first time. But was I pleasantly surprised when I tasted this burger for the first time at Ale and Compass? It was, it's probably one of the best burgers I've ever tasted on Disney property. Um, up there, even with connections, that new place in Epcot where you can get some burgers. And those are really good burgers too. But it's up there with like Deluxe Burger and it's really great. So D Deluxe Burgers uh, at Disney Springs. Those are some of the best burgers. That's probably my favorite burger on property. But this Ale and Compass burger is amazing. And it's not just your typical theme park burger. It's really great. The fries are great. And my wife had this cream pasta 
so we kind of put this on the schedule to get this at some point when we had some time in the room and we're just kind of relaxing or looking for something to eat. This is what we did on the first day around like 4 or 4.30 p.m. My wife ordered it and went and picked it up. I stayed with the kids. We kind of rested in the room, watching TV and kind of just, you know, cooled down because it was super hot this trip. And same thing. The food was incredible again this time. So big shout out to Ale and Compass. And even the mobile order tasted amazing too. We got this, um, the bread service too. You get like six pretty decent sized rolls. And they sprinkle some things on top of it. I'm not really sure what it is. It's kind of a sweet, sweet and salty mix on top with some herbs. And they give you this, these three butters. They're all cold, but the butters are what make this bread service. Um, one of them's like an onion and bacon jam, which is cold. And that one's delicious. They have like a citrus butter. That's probably my least favorite, but um, it's still pretty tasty. It's different. It's not just your typical butter. And the other one is kind of like a pimento cheese butter. And I think that one is my favorite, but it kind of goes between the bacon and that one, the pimento cheese one. Um, so that that's incredible. The burger is incredible. And the pasta was amazing. So uh, I ended up finishing my wife's pasta too. And you really can't go wrong with Ale and Compass, especially mobile order. If you're staying on the boardwalk area, you don't feel like getting out of the room and you just want to take advantage of some air conditioning and rest up and kind of eat in peace and quiet. Um, if you have some small kids who are trying to, you know, take a nap or rest, this is a great option for you. Um, yeah, hit up, hit up the Ale and Compass. I think it was actually five. I don't know if they start serving until five. I think that was what it was. So 5 p.m. they start serving and you can order right then. Go pick it up and you won't regret it. It's a good meal. So that's what we did that day. We also, that evening, we kind of got the urge to go to Magic Kingdom. And one of the reasons was they do extended hours for deluxe resorts. And the Swan and Dolphin happens to be those one of those resorts, along with like Contemporary, Grand Floridian, Polynesian, those fancy places, right? The fancy hotels. So we were like, okay, we're going to rest up as late as we can, maybe seven or eight o'clock, hit Magic Kingdom, and we could stay as late as we wanted to. The park was open until 11 that night. We could have stayed up until 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. the next day, which we have done before. And I highly recommend it. You basically get the park to yourself. We actually didn't make it to um, to one o'clock. We didn't even really make it till like past 11 p.m. We were just kind of bushed and tired, and it was a full day. Like we got there at 9 a.m. and uh, it was a full day. But another factor was we were able to using one of my Genie Plus strategies was stacking up the evening at Magic Kingdom. So. After we got a couple of rides at Epcot done, we started stacking up Magic Kingdom because we knew we were going to park hop there because we got the extended hours. And what we did was we booked Jungle Cruise. So that one was around like 8 p.m. We booked that. We booked Peter Pan Slight. Those are two of the hardest ones to get. And they it was around the same time. It was like 8 p.m. We had Big Thunder Mountain Railroad around the same time. We even had a couple more that we didn't even get to, but um, we really stacked up. I think it was like five rides or something that we stacked up from like 8 to 9 or 10 p.m. And 
that's one way to really get your money's worth out of Genie Plus. Like I said before, uh, if you're park hopping and you have a park hopper availability, I highly recommend starting in another park and doing a couple of those major ones you want to do. And then after 2 p.m., start stacking up your Magic Kingdom evening because they have so many rides and the availability of them usually runs pretty late at night. Some lesser ones like the Mad Tea Party, um, the Speedway, the Flying Carpets of Aladdin, Dumbo, those are almost always available. And there's like 14 attractions or or even more if you count the characters. So uh, I highly recommend doing that. It worked out really well for us. And we didn't even need to stay until 1 a.m. and take advantage of those extended hours. So it worked really well. We had a great night. We took the boat over to... Actually, we went through Epcot, walked through Epcot, because the monorail station is on the other entrance. So if you're coming from the boardwalk, you're going through the International Gateway, and then you have to go to the other entrance or exit to get to the monorail. So I would like to see them expand that and maybe have another stop at the back of the park. I feel like that would be cool, maybe next to the um, the Skyliner, those gondolas system. But I could see how that would be like a an issue of them interfering with one another so i get it but what we did was we just walked through epcot and it took us like 20 minutes to get through the park and then we waited for the monorail we got on the monorail and rode it over to the ttc and we thought that it actually would take us to because we haven't done this in a while because they recently opened the monorail um in 2021 but so it had been a while since we'd done this, but we forgot to get off at the TTC and transfer over. So we actually did like two loops around um, Epcot. We went through and saw the progress on the Moana. That's like the only way you could see the progress right now. It's just a big dirt site and construction site with some rocks coming up. It's like fake rocks. But yeah, we made a mistake of not getting off the first place. Us and some other couple, they didn't really make an announcement that you have to transfer to go to Magic Kingdom. So we stayed on hoping there was an extra stop, but we were wrong. So we got an, a free ride back to Epcot and yeah, basically we just stayed on the whole time until we made it back to the TTC, which is where the uh, transportation and ticket center is for Magic Kingdom. Um, so if you're not familiar with Magic Kingdom, it's kind of like, if you, if you will, it's kind of like a castle with a moat around it and that being a huge lake and in between like the Cinderella's castle and the parking lot is this huge water um, and the huge lake that was built around it. So uh, I know the geography is part of the reason why it was built like this. So the parking is pretty far away from Magic Kingdom itself. So you do have to take either a monorail um, or a boat or a ferry boat to get over there. So what we did was we got off the monorail from Epcot at the TTC and we transferred over to a ferry boat and i highly recommend the ferry boat in the evening times it's very peaceful it's not overcrowded and it's like an open air um, situation so if you're worried about like you know germs or viruses or things like that um, it is open air and it's a little bit roomier than a monorail so um, i highly recommend that we took the ferry boat over to magic kingdom and then we went into magic kingdom and we had a pretty good night lined up we had, um, like I said, we had Jungle Cruise. We had Pirates, of the, or not Pirates, but uh, Peter Pan's Flight, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. 
we had several like key rides or attractions that night. So we did that and yeah, we, we felt like we accomplished what we came for. Right. And we felt comfortable leaving around 11 PM. We didn't even use those extra two hours. So, um, that's one good thing about being locals. You don't feel that pressure or that stress, um, to, you know, make yourself just to that point of exhaustion. Uh, but yeah, we, we kind of were casual that night. We got a lot of stuff done and we hit back at 11 PM. So yeah, that was it for the first day. It was a very full day. We checked into the dolphin around like 3 PM is when we got our key and we relaxed in the room. The room was very nice. I did like a, a video on my YouTube channel. So at a Joel new world, um, that is my my YouTube channel, check it out, like it and subscribe, but, uh, you can check out the room review there. Um, uh, it, it was a nice room. It didn't really have a view or anything like that. That was like one of my only criticisms and it had a huge bed, had a king bed, it had a pullout sofa, which my daughter enjoyed. And it still had a spot for the pack and play for my son. So, um, I really liked it. And I think I would consider getting one with a larger bed for, um, myself and my wife and getting a pullout sofa suit. It's kind of like, um, so you can kind of convert it into the space that you want. If you want more like sitting room or walking around room, you can fold up the bed. And when it comes time to sleep, I could fold it out for my kids. So, um, and then still have room for the pack and play for my young one. So it was a nice room. The bathroom was nice as well. It didn't have a bathtub. I think I got uh, put into like a wheelchair accessible room. So, there were like the bars everywhere and there wasn't a bathtub. So I know some of you with kids, usually your bath time routine um, is a big deal at night or in the morning possibly, uh, which is very, very similar to our situation, but um, we made the best of it and we made the kids take showers instead. And they seemed to enjoy that too. Uh, it just went by a little quicker than the normal bath time and playing with toys and things like that. So, um, but yeah, the shower shower worked out well. They enjoyed it. And overall, the room was pretty nice. I know in the beginning, my only knock on it was that the, um, the housekeeping was a little slow. It was kind of weird. I checked in, and then almost like 10 or 15 minutes later, the guy knocked on the door and was like, checking out? And I was just like, nah, man, I, I just checked in. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he left. And it was kind of weird. It kind of felt off for some reason. It was like they didn't really know that somebody had checked in already. Maybe it was the mobile check-in or something. I don't know. But it just felt a little weird. They only gave us like three towels, which we have four people. So I don't know if they're not considering my 18-month-old son like a person that needs a towel. But he definitely needs a towel. So that, that was my main criticism. It just felt like they were really hoarding the towels. Like we only got three towels every time they put them out. So... Um, that's one of my big gripes there. Like I shouldn't have to bring towels from home when I'm paying a lot of money for a room. So, um, I don't know if you've had this experience or not, but I feel like towels are starting to become a hot commodity with everything else. Like, uh, I don't know if it's, they're cutting down on the stock of the towels or people are stealing towels or what's going on, but I just want like an extra towel or two, you know, that's not that hard to ask. And then they have the towels out by the pool just to take and grab as you, please. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with like hoarding all the towels and 
being very stingy with the towels, but I shouldn't have to bring towels from home in order to feel like I have enough, right? So that's one of my biggest gripes. Um, but yeah, and one time we came back, I know it's probably happened to everybody where you come back and you're like, oh man, they just went in my room to clean it. And I was thinking like, surely it won't take that long because they just kind of wipe everything down and throw out the garbage and, you know, they might vacuum here and there, but they really didn't do too much other than make the bed and take out the garbage. But they were in there. We were waiting on them for like over 30 minutes or 40 minutes. So we were like, man, let's forget this and let's go to the park. We might as well be going somewhere and doing something while they're trying to clean our room. So we actually went to like Hollywood Studios while they were cleaning it because it just took forever. Like I think they were just kind of messing around or something in there. But yeah, it didn't it didn't rub me the right way. That was like really my only gripe on that. But then it, it got a little bit better as time went on. Uh, one thing you can do with the Marriott Bonvoy app is request towels. You can request other things. But like if there's four people in the room, like I feel like I should just be able to get four towels every time they clean it. Like it just kind of seems like they don't really know what they're doing. But uh, anyways, don't want to gripe about it too much. Uh, it happens and we moved on and the service did get better as the stay went on. But um, those are my criticisms of it. The resort overall is pretty nice. Um very conveniently located like i said the price is really good compared to some of those other ones like the boardwalk uh, beach club yacht club and you're still getting like the same benefits of staying around there so uh, very very nice so that was the first day we checked in we parked we went to epcot we also went to magic kingdom we had a great day and now let's move on to day number two all right the second day the second day we had Hollywood Studios and we stayed there the whole day. We didn't really park hop or anything like that. Um, we went to, and we kind of did some of the things that my, my daughter really wanted to do. And she really loves the shows and meeting characters and, um, you know, things like that. So what we did was, and I had never been to the show before, but it was the Frozen sing-along. So the one right there, um, you're coming into the park. You have the old great movie ride right in front of you, the Chinese theater. And then to the left, you have the frozen sing-along theater. I think it's called like the Hyperion Theater. But it was a packed house. It's a big place. And they pack it full for each of those shows. And I would say this is probably one of the best shows, if not the best show, live action show at Walt Disney World Resort. So it was funny. Um, there's a lot of emotion to it, too. Like... People were really getting into it, and it was just like a sing-along to all the hits of Frozen. And this was the first time I went. I know my wife and my daughter went before when they went by themselves to the park. And it was a really great show. So how it's set up, if you haven't seen it before, and I don't want to spoil it because um, I want you to experience it for yourself. But I know they do kind of change up some of the jokes and things like that from time to time. So it is a unique experience, but... They have these Arendelle historians, and there's this guy and this lady, and they're very funny. They keep the show rolling, and it makes it feel like a new experience while they're recapping what happened in the events of Frozen, so the first Frozen movie. And they're recapping it as they go through. They're kind of like the narrators as well, and they kind of keep it fresh and modern with some current jokes, and they get a lot of laughs. They're pretty funny people. And it keeps it kind of fast-paced. 
and it keeps up with the pacing. It helps really well. But those guys were really funny, and the lady, she was very funny as well. Um, very quick-witted. They interact with the audience, and just the commentary on it is very funny. So if you haven't been, I highly recommend it. They start blaring the music, and then you have the words up there, like a karaoke, basically. And everybody's into it. Everybody's singing it. And it's like a 30-minute recap of Frozen. And it was a lot of fun. My daughter enjoyed it. My son enjoyed it as well. And everybody around me was just having a good time and really into the story. And, and it was very funny as well. So if you like humorous shows, I highly recommend the Frozen sing-along. It was really great. Next, we went to, we've been walking by this place quite a while. We just never timed it out right. But we decided to wait for this one. And it was those new Mickey Mouse cartoons where um, it's kind of almost like a Ren and Stimpy style if you're like old school like me and you grew up with Ren and Stimpy. It's kind of in that style of animation. So we went and did that cartoon next. It was like a 10 minute show. Uh, it features like the Potato Land uh, theme park. That one is the one I'm talking about. It was a really great cartoon. It was very cute and it kind of uh, pays homage to or homage to some of the other episodes as well. My daughter really loves that cartoon on Disney Plus, and it's just like that, except a longer episode, basically. And I had another negative experience. Like, I know people try to take advantage of these shows for air conditioning and, you know, to rest your feet and things like that, but a lot of people are there for the experience and the show. And we had some people that came in very, like, last minute, like they let them in and then they closed the doors. And then they sat right next to this couple, right? And they had like 10 people in their party. And like the, the husband and wife were like talking over the movie to each other. And they sat one row right in front of us. So it was very distracting. They were on their phone the whole time. So it was like very bright and lit up. And I just don't know like how some people are so oblivious to other people trying to enjoy the show. You know, they somehow managed to talk over it. Like I could hear them better than I could the movie. And they were, like, sitting on one end of the the row and the other, like, with ten seats in between them, basically, or nine seats in between. And they were talking back and forth, like, ten feet apart. And I could hear them clearly. And it was just very rude and disrespectful to everybody around. Um, so I don't know. I don't know why people would do that. It just kind of blows my mind. Uh, and my daughter is getting frustrated, too. Like, you can tell. Like, even kids realize they're kind of being rude and just disrespectful and not... Um, being respectful of people trying to enjoy the show around them. So that was my only like thing that kind of ruined that experience. But um, I was able to kind of tune them out and zone them out a little bit and just focus on the show as best I could. But it was very hard because they were, they managed to talk over that loud film somehow. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know, but anyways, didn't bother my daughter too much and they both seemed to enjoy the show. It was a really cute cartoon though. Next, we had a, so we, we got Genie Plus for this day, but it kind of got messed up a little bit. Like, the system isn't the best. I'll be the first to admit it. But we did get Toy Story Mania um, pretty early on in the morning. So after we did those two shows, we went to Toy Story Mania, played that. And I think this is like the first time my son didn't cry on the ride. He doesn't really like it because it kind of whips around really quick. And for this ride, anybody can ride it. There's no height requirement. So you see a lot of infants riding it as well. They don't really interact or play with it. But this was like the first time my son was like really into it. 
Uh, he's trying to pull the string to, you know, shoot the, um, break the plates or whatever the game was that we were playing or trying to ring toss on the aliens. He was really into it. He loves Toy Story. It's his favorite movie by far. Um, he really loves the second one. So it has Jesse, it has the whole gang in it basically. And he loves those movies. He'll watch them nonstop. Um, so he really did enjoy it. And this is the first time he didn't like really get fussy on this ride. So I think he's like starting to come around to some of these rides and it might just be the familiarity with it. We've, we love this ride and we try to do it as much as we can. So, um, but he, he really enjoyed it. I thought, so he enjoyed the ride this time. Next we went to pizza Rizzo. So we kind of did this as a cool down pizza Rizzo's over in Muppet land, um, outside of galaxy's edge right across from like baseline tap house. And what we were doing here was we actually ended up spending like an hour and a half there because I love it. It's not overly busy. Uh, the pizza is okay. It's not bad. We did get a pizza to share. It comes with like a cup of Caesar salad, which was actually really good. Uh, really good theme park salad. And we just kind of sat down. We chilled. We cooled off. It's, like I said, this was one of the hottest it's been. And we tried to take advantage of that air conditioning. And while we were waiting, we were kind of just trying to fill some time in between then and when we had Hollywood and Vine dining reservations. So that's what we were doing at this time. Kind of did some people watching, let the kids rest. Our son was getting a nap in the stroller. So um, that's a really good place to relax at Hollywood Studios is Pizza Rizzo. So if you're looking for somewhere, I uh, highly recommend going upstairs. There's really not that many people upstairs. They do have an elevator so you can get like strollers up there as well. And they do have outdoor seating. I, I really didn't see very many people outdoor either, which is covered and has fans as well. But um, like I said, pizza's not bad. And the salad's actually pretty good for what you get, the Caesar salad. So we waited there. And then we slowly made our way over to Hollywood and Vine, which wasn't too far away. And we had the character lunch where you would meet Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, Goofy, and Pluto. I feel like Pluto's in a lot of these. So... Um, there's a lot of opportunities to meet Pluto at Walt Disney World, and we met him like a few times, I would say, over the course of a couple of meals and just picture opportunities as well. Um, so Hollywood and Vine, we checked in on the app. It seemed to be taking a little while, so I went up to the desk. I never know. That's like one of my criticisms with uh, mobile check-in. I don't know if we did it right. Sometimes the system's messed up, you know. Um, so I went up there and I questioned, and I was like, I just want to make sure we did it right, you know, and, um, you know, we're ready to go because we're basically the only ones out here left still. And yeah, they said, yeah, we got you all good. And I was like, okay, so now I feel a little bit better about, um, you know, not messing up or anything like that. I'm not trying to be rude or pushy or anything, but, um, you know, I just want to make sure I did it right and make sure it gets in the system because errors happen. And... Basically, right after I went up there and talked to them, like two minutes later, they called us up and we were ready to go. And we went in, got seated, and almost right away, we got to meet um, Goofy and Pluto. And they're in their like Hollywood attire. Or um, in this case, it was actually like their summer attire. So, um, like swimsuits and other things like that, and just kind of casual clothes and cool clothing. So, we got to see them. They were really great characters to interact with. Uh, Pluto was really great. Pluto was, uh, 
you know, just playing around, messing with my daughter. And my son's still coming around to characters, so we really don't try to, like, push him on to characters too much because um, he's more about the eating than meeting the characters right now, which I know will probably change in, like, a year or so. But we're letting him come around to them slowly. And I feel like Pluto, he's starting to slowly come around to um, because one place we went to, Pluto let my son kind of, like, touch his nose and his whiskers, so... Um, and he's slowly coming around, but he, he's kind of more into the meals than the characters. But my daughter, she loves meeting these characters. She loves talking to them, interacting with them, and they do a really great job. Um, Pluto especially was giving them uh, big hugs and just playing around and messing with them. And they even came and sat down at the empty spot of our table and were interacting that way. And My daughter got a huge kick out of it and thought it was hilarious. So... Um, kudos to them and they they did a really good job interacting with the kids they signed the autograph books took pictures you name it um it was a great way to you know sit down get a good meal and meet the characters that we want to meet and yeah it's it's a fairly quick meal too it's like a little over an hour hour and 15 minutes you get to get a lot done um but you do pay for that experience i think it was like Closer to like $60 per adult and closer to 30 bucks for the children. So just keep that in mind. It's a, it's a pricier meal, but if meeting those characters and having those memorable photos and interactions is very important to you, you're going to pay for it. So um, that's basically what the price is. The food's not bad. It's better than it has been, I feel like. And um, what we got was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was one of the better meals or the best meals that we had, but it was definitely, a, you know, an upscale meal from theme park food. So, um, not bad. The desserts were pretty good. I got like a s'mores dessert. Um, and then my wife had, I can't remember what she had for dessert, but it was great as well. And yeah, everything was, it was good. It was a good experience, good service. And the characters were great. They come around actually more than one time. So, I think we met Pluto and Goofy like a total of two times, two to three times each. So for a total of six experiences there. And then we saw Mickey and Minnie a couple of times. They came and sat down at our table as well and interacted with the kids that way too. So we saw them probably had like 10 experiences, eight, nine or 10 experiences from those four characters. So, um, and then they'll also dance when they're leaving and kind of switching out with Mickey and Minnie. Uh, but it was a great time. I highly recommend it if you love character meals and like to try new dining experiences as well. That one is pretty good. I did see that the buffet is coming back there as well very soon. So um, that is upcoming. I think it's in middle of August. So um, that is what is coming up very, very soon. It was an early evening. We kind of wrapped it up. Again, we were bushed again this day. And we were taking advantage of being able to walk back to the resort very quickly. I think the heat was really playing a, a, a big role on us. And uh, we wanted to get back to the room, cool off, let the kids kind of rest. They didn't really nap too well. Um, and we got back to our room very quickly uh, or very early after dinner. It was like a 6 or 7 p.m. back um, at the room, resting up and ready for the next day. And that was basically the end of day two. We didn't really utilize Genie Plus too much. We had some issues with like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It didn't book correctly for some reason. So sometimes these little glitches happen. Um, it happens. We didn't get too worried about it. 
we were able to get a couple of good rides in and and so be it right um but yeah that was basically the end of day two now we're going to move on to day number three all right moving on to day three of our trip report i think how i'm just going to finish it out is um uh, just kind of touch on the highlights any of the low lights if there were any or anything that just really stood out um i could talk about this trip all day long but i don't want it to be such a long and uh drawn out podcast episode so what i'm going to do is just cover all the highlights and maybe talk about anything new that we saw or anything that kind of stood out to me but anyways on to day three and we were at the magic kingdom to start out the day because we had changed our dining reservation plans and we found an early lunch like 10 20 or 10 30 at be our guest which is the beauty and the beast themed restaurant and i didn't even know they offered such an early lunch time and it is a sit down like a traditional sit down meal uh, table service in the past before covid hit they had um, like quick serve breakfast where they bring the, the breakfast out to you with some like pastries and then you could order like some sort of breakfast sandwich or something like that and they used to do that for lunch too they used to do that uh, quick serve style you'd walk through tell them their order or tell them your order and sit down they'll give you like a little tracker and then they'll come find you and give you your food kind of like they do at deluxe burger at uh, dizzy springs right now but we went there we sat in the um in the ballroom so the main ballroom there with the um the snow coming out of the windows and it was basically right there i think they sit most of the kids in that room is what it seemed like um but it's that big room right when you first walk in and it's incredible. I feel like that's probably my favorite room other than the um, the West Wing with the Rose. You do get to walk. The nice thing about that is if you don't sit in the room you want to, you can actually walk around. They invite you to walk around and take pictures and see it, which we did. My daughter and I walked to the West Wing and we looked at the Rose real quick and took a picture. So it's very cool. There's different themed rooms there and it's a big place. Um, and you might not even know it's there if you uh, weren't aware of it. It's kind of in the back across from Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. But lunch was good. I would say the food was pretty good. Uh, I wish I would have ordered what my wife ordered, which was the uh, the beef tenderloin. And her steak was cooked perfectly. It was really great. I ordered the pork, and it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, but I just feel like it was very small, the portion sizes were very small based on how much the, the meal was um and i think there was like a pork rind on there too so you know i'm kind of looking for a little more pizzazz when i pay a lot of money for like a table service meal and there's just like four like little servings of pork on the plate so um it was tasty it still tasted good and um you know i'm glad i tried it but i probably would order what my wife had next time instead but that's what you do you try out things and you kind of learn from it right and that's that's what happened there but it was good it was a fun time we got to see the beast the beast makes an appearance they play the music and he'll walk around and kind of wave and pose for pictures but you can't like meet him or get autographs or anything like that so he just walks around he kind of poses for a little bit and you snap his picture you can kind of like work your kids into the photos too if you're at the right angle so uh, but they don't actually get to go up and hug him or, or meet him or anything. But still pretty cool to see him. He's welcoming you to his castle. Um, let's see. The the one thing that stood out to me that was great, and I kind of wish they gave it to us like earlier on in the meal, 
was these like little dessert trays for the kids and there's like edible paint that comes with it and chip like the little teacup from beauty and the beast your painting so they give you like a paintbrush and edible paint and it's like a white chocolate um chip character and my kids had the most amazing time just painting on chip and then they got to eat it later so um they that occupied them for at least 15 to 20 minutes but that came at the end of the meal i kind of wish like they had something like that at the beginning when they're all very like really excited and you're kind of like settle them down and stuff like that but um but it all worked out and that was a pretty cool touch that i forgot about that they did so the kids if they love to paint they love arts and crafts that's a pretty fun experience for the kids um everything else um it was great it wasn't very busy at 10 20 that's one good tip i like to give uh if you get some of those like weirder meal times like 10 20 or 10 30 for lunch it's probably not going to be busy and your service is going to be a little bit quicker uh so just keep that in mind for your trip and when you're making dining reservations if you like to get in and out fairly quickly so you can hit the rides or go throughout the park those like weirder times are usually a little bit quicker uh, or like the early dinner times like four o'clock or something like that 3 30 usually those are a little bit quicker all right some of the rides that we rode that day people mover was one of those so the one thing that stood out to people mover and one reason why i like it it's basically like a moving bench seat and it's the best place to people watch as the narrator used to say on that right um but this time you get to see Tron, all the progress that's going on with Tron. That's usually the bird's eye view for that. And it's really chugging along. Like, I'm surprised. I've seen some stories about them doing testing. I think they do it during, like, the fireworks or something like that. Um, where When guests are distracted, I think. And they start testing the ride vehicles, the lighting of it. And it's really coming along. They've paved a lot of it. The ramp's going up. And they're still working on the track for uh, for the the train. So um, if I had to guess, it, it looks like they just have to do a lot of landscaping and making it look pretty around the area, basically. Um, and then finish up that the railroad um, tracks and the train going through. But because um, they had to reroute it underneath Tron. But if I had to guess, I would say that it's going to open up fairly soon. Like sooner than we had all anticipated i think and by that i think by the end of the year honestly i'm being a little bit hopeful and you know kind of reaching for it but i think if they really really worked hard on it like they've been doing and keep up that pace i think they want to have it open by the end of the year um i think they want to have their um train open again i think they want that open during the 50th celebration and I think they want Tron open during the 50th celebration as well. That's one goal that they had in mind. And I certainly think that they can do that if testing goes well and they are able to test it safely and quickly. I think they could open it. I really do. Um, they're going to need some places to filter some crowds when it gets a little bit busier around like Thanksgiving, Christmas time so uh, and New Year's. So they're going to they're gonna need some of those places around there. And that would be a perfect way to do that, the train and Tron. But very excited for it. Um, I definitely want to try it out. I've seen some videos of the other one uh, overseas, but I definitely i am excited for it. I hear it's like a short ride time, but um, I'm definitely welcoming any new additions to the parks. 
And I feel like Animal Kingdom could be one park that could benefit from a new ride. Over There's like a huge empty space over in Dino Land across from Triceratops Spin. Where they used to have that, like, the twirling ride. I can't even remember the name of it, honestly. But um, they used to have that, that ride that took up quite a bit of space right there. And now it's just empty. So it's kind of an eyesore. And it's noticeable that there's nothing there. So hopefully there's something in the works. And maybe they're working on some other things. I know we recently did Rafiki's Planet Watch, and you take that little train over there. I know they have a lot of room back there, so maybe they're um, in the works for putting something together. They definitely need another attraction, for sure. Uh, but anyways, moving on. People Movers, great ride. And they actually updated the the voiceover for the ride. So the narration for the ride changed. They added Tron to it so you can actually when you're driving by it and your people mover they actually comment on tron and at like it's a real attraction now and that it's open so that's one other reason why i think it could be coming sooner than we think they updated pretty much all of that narration throughout people mover so that's pretty exciting as well uh, so yeah that was very fun i did hear some rumblings that the people mover might be opening up again in disneyland i know they had one originally just like they have in Magic Kingdom at Disney World. And then they went to like this rocket ride on top of the track as well. It kind of failed and was kind of a bust. Uh, but now they're talking about bringing it back, maybe a shorter version of it. And that would be awesome to see as well. Um, Sense of People Mover is one of my favorite rides at Magic Kingdom. Or in all of the parks. It's just an awesome laid back attraction. And it's easy to get on most of the time. We did Peter Pan's Flight again. It had a, like a few breakdowns right when we got close to it. We did get a Genie Plus Lightning Lane reservation for it. Um, it kind of stalled out here and there, but it's all, always a great ride and my kids love it. So we did that ride again. We did It's a Small World. And um, yeah, it's always a classic ride, classic attraction. I got on the boat with a bunch of um, people that kept trying to like put their hands in the water and um, grabbing the railings when we came by and it was just like kind of making me nervous. So I was just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I'm afraid that, you know, something bad was going to happen and I'm just surprised that nobody like came over the loudspeaker and said, keep your hands in the vehicle. Um, because it like living with the land, they do, they're all over that. If something like that happens, they, they let you know very quickly, but not on a small world apparently. Um, but it was a fun ride other than worrying about people losing some limbs. But uh, other than that, great attraction. And we just kind of hung out in the morning at Magic Kingdom. We had that meal reservation. We did a couple of rides. And then we monorailed over to Epcot. So we took the monorail over to Epcot. And if you're wondering, we did stay at the Dolphin. And we took the bus. This was actually the first time we took the bus to Magic Kingdom. A lot of times we'll just drive over there. It's more convenient, especially at the end of the night with little kids and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, we, we took the bus from the Dolphin over there. And we were thinking, just like all the other bus systems where they drop you off uh, ahead of the TTC, where you don't have to go on the ferry boat or monorail. But that was not the case. They dropped us off. As soon as we started parking, we were like, oh, man, we still have to get on the ferry boat. We still have to get on the monorail. So that's one downside to... The Dolphin Resort, I would say, Emma Swan, because they shared the same bus service, is that it still drops you off at TTC. So you still have to go through that long 
security check line and you still have to get on a busy and cramped monorail or ferry boat over to Magic Kingdom because of that big lake in the middle. So just a heads up there. Um, it's kind of a surprise for us, but you know, they do the best they can. I'm surprised that they don't share like a bus stop with another resort or, um, you know, like beach club or something at the, the front of the park. So you can kind of skip that whole ferry boat monorail system, but that wasn't the case. It was kind of a bummer, but, um, you know, we still got there and it's nice that they do have a, a bus system for you. So keep that in mind. If you are staying there, you still have to get on some other form of transportation to get over to Magic Kingdom. But anyways, we when we were done with Magic Kingdom, we went back to Epcot. We It was kind of raining too, so um, we brought our rain jackets and our ponchos and the stroller cover. That's one huge tip that people might not think about is that if your stroller gets wet, it's going to be kind of miserable and just kind of cold and damp for the kids. So make sure to go on Amazon or somewhere like that and you know, look up like a, basically a poncho or rain jacket for your stroller too. They don't cost too much. It's essentially just a piece of plastic that ties down to your stroller and it could be a lifesaver because it keeps your stroller very dry and the kids keeps them happy too. It's very hard to dry out those strollers when they get wet and you could be spending a long time with the hairdryer back in the room. So make sure to get that stroller cover. Even if you're renting a stroller at the park or you know, from a, a local provider, someone like that, still bring your own um, stroller cover. You might even be able to go through them and get one as well, but I'm sure it's a lot cheaper on Amazon just to know the size and dimensions of your stroller that you're renting or bringing and just bring it with you. Uh, it saves a lot of time. We just throw it underneath our little compartment in our stroller and you barely even know it's there. So, uh, but it can save you a lot of pain and headaches and time trying to dry out your stroller all right we went to over behind figment they have a new chase visa picture opportunity or photo spot and it was a meet and greet with pluto and mini and their 50th outfits so their 50th anniversary outfits we met pluto and mini there there wasn't a line at all so if you do have like a chase um or yeah a chase uh, visa disney card it could be a debit or a credit card uh, go over there and you get a free a photo opportunity. We did our um, photo pass. We just scanned our magic band and did it that way and got it to our account. But you can um, go over there and get a free photo. And it was a great experience. It wasn't busy at all. We were actually the only ones there. And my daughter's all about characters and they were great with her. And they were even great with my son who is about 18 months old. He's still coming around to characters. He's a little bit standoffish, but this was like the first time that he actually touched Pluto on the nose and touched his whiskers, and he had a really good time with that too. So he's slowly but surely coming around to them. After that, there was a pretty gnarly lightning storm or like a thunderstorm. So we kind of camped out under Spaceship Earth for a while because we figured if anything's going to get struck by lightning, it's probably going to be Spaceship Earth. So we stood directly under it while we were trying to get some protection from the rain and the storms. And we eventually said, why don't we just park it underneath this, uh, park the stroller and then go in and spaceship earth and, and ride it. And it wasn't, but like a five minute wait. So we did that. That's a classic attraction. I'm still wondering if they're going to change it anytime soon. You know how they were going to refurbish it before the pandemic hit. 
And then the, they kind of pause that. So if you like it the way it is now, I recommend writing it because I do think they're probably going to refurbish it after the 50th would be my guess, like they had intended before that. Um, so write it while you can. Okay, other things that day. Um, be Our Guest was a great meal. We kind of just snacked around Epcot too. Uh, that's the one good thing if you don't have dining plans to be at Epcot. There's always a food opportunity um, there. And the food and or the flower and garden festival was going on. But now, I think now coming up soon is the food and wine festival, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I had pretty much done all I wanted to do with the flower and garden. And it's one of the longer festivals. So, um, so I'm definitely glad that it's switching over to food and wine. And that one's here for a while as well, too. I think it's here through Thanksgiving. Day four, we went to Animal Kingdom and we did a little bit of Hollywood, too. This was on July 2nd. We got Genie Plus. And I mainly got Genie Plus because of Kilimanjaro Safaris. We wanted to get one of those passes for that. And we also wanted to get a fast pass for Navi River Journey. If you're not aware, Navi River Journey is in Pandora, right next to Flight of Passage, the like main attraction there. But Navi River Journey is a short boat ride that's not too thrilling. And I thought it would be a great ride for my kids. And they really loved it. They loved looking at everything. There's a lot to look at. And some of the animatronics on that ride are incredible, especially that big person at the end. Um, kind of like that shaman character at the end. Really cool. Uh, when we first got there, though, we went to the Dino Dig play area or like the Woolly Mammoth Dig area. And it's in Dino Land. Kids have a great time. This has to be one of the best playgrounds at Walt Disney World, in my opinion. It's this huge enclosed like fence area. It has multiple levels of slides, and it's all contained within a fenced-in area, like I said. So uh, it is easy to lose track of, you know, my daughter who likes to run around and do all the slides. But I know if I kind of stand by the exit, then she doesn't really have a chance to leave without me. So, uh, and she's pretty good about it too. So um, we did that first. She got to to play on the playground. She loves that. And there's even a dig area, which is basically like a a glorified sandbox and it's a it's an amazing sandbox it's huge it's like these little tiny pebbles of rock and it's almost like you're or it's themed to you're digging out like a woolly mammoth fossil um, and you're looking for all those bones and that's a really good time it's, a, it's under shade and there's they have fans blowing so it's not super hot either so i highly recommend that if you have younger kids who like playgrounds and um, getting out some of that energy at those playgrounds like my kids do I highly recommend it. It's one of the nicest playgrounds I've seen. And then we went to Navi River Journey. So we got this one because wait times could be like 60 minutes or more for this short attraction. And we didn't want to waste 60 minutes basically in line. Our kind of go-to for waiting for rides is 30 minutes or less basically, depending on what the ride is. But if it's more than 30 minutes, we usually don't wait for it. And if there is a Genie Plus uh, Lightning Lane available, we'll try to get that instead. So, especially with little kids, they don't like to wait for anything really. And it's kind of hard to entertain them. So, um, so yeah, if it's 30 minutes or less, we don't mind waiting for it. But if it's more, we, we try to bypass that line and get those Lightning Lane reservations for sure. It, it was a great ride. Like I said, we, um, we had a really great time. And my kids love that ride, so 
Um, there's no drops or anything like that. Nothing like Frozen or Pirates. Nothing like that. Just basically a simple boat ride and very relaxing and a lot to look at. Kilimanjaro Safaris. This one was really fun today. Um, this is probably the longest ride at Walt Disney World, like I've said before. I think the ride time's over 20 minutes, something like 22 minutes or something uh, officially. But it could be longer depending on, you know, how many things get in your way. If some animals uh, block the road or anything like that. But we saw a lot of animals on this trip. It was around like lunchtime, like 11.30 or 12 o'clock. So I was kind of worried. I've heard some negative things that they're not very active at that time. But man, they were really active this day. Maybe it was like feeding time or something, but they were super active and we saw almost every animal that we wanted to see. You know, a couple of them were sleeping, of course, but we saw the rhinos, we saw lions, we actually saw a cheetah in the back. And it was kind of funny because this like ostrich came running by and there's like a net in front of the cheetah, obviously, but um, there's an ostrich just running like right next to the road, like it was jogging or something. And then we see this cheetah just kind of spring up out of nowhere from the back of the the, the habitat for the cheetah. And it was pouncing, basically pounced on that ostrich um, just like that. It was quick. It was impressive to see nature in action. Um, luckily for that ostrich, though, there was a net there. And I was just like, man, that happened so quick. And, I mean, that's probably what makes cheetahs they're the predators that they are right so they're very stealthy and super quick so that was kind of fun just to see nature in action there but uh, thankfully for the ostrich the net was there so uh, but it was kind of fun that would have been an interesting turn on the Kilimanjaro safaris um just another thing to mention so when we got to animal kingdom we we chose to drove that day it's really easy. I like driving to Animal Kingdom. Very simple. They, I got to give it to Disney on the parking and uh, the ease of parking. Um, the only knock on it is I wish they would kind of like skip spots every now and then because we have to get out of all four of our doors and we have two kids seats in the back. So we take a little bit longer getting the kids out. But the way that they park them is basically people block you in on each side. Uh, almost immediately. I've never had any other uh, experience without that. But uh, And then sometimes you get people next to you. They take forever sometimes for, I don't know why, but they just take a long time. And that kind of happened to us. So it's a little frustrating. I wish they could kind of space it out a little bit where they would kind of alternate and skip a spot in between cars parking and then bring them back down there and fill in those empty spots. I feel like that would be a better way to do it. But you still are, you're still going to have some people that take their sweet time getting out and it's not going to fix that. So, uh, but all in all, like their parking is amazing. It's very easy to get in, very easy to get out. And I rarely have to wait too, too long. I mean, I've waited like 10 minutes or something, but that's nothing for a huge uh, theme park. And with the annual pass, it's free. So it doesn't get better than that. In comparison to Universal, which we we've done before, we actually went probably like three weeks ago before this recent trip and their parking was just it's like a parking garage structure and there was a lot going on it was just very hectic and um, no big knock I know it's a huge place and I think that Disney benefits from having parks in different locations around so they have four different parks in different locations along with Disney Springs being in a different location and they don't have to share any parking structures or anything like that so I think Disney definitely benefits from that and Universal was just kind of like controlled chaos, honestly. 
it was a lot going on and their security system was was a lot too like everybody was just kind of switching and meeting in this little hub in the middle at universal and it was a lot for our first experience it was a little overwhelming and we had a big double stroller and apparently we did went to the wrong line but we uh, we found that you're kind of on your own at universal and disney does a really good job of letting you know what you're supposed to do before you mess up right because you don't work there you don't know what you're supposed to be doing all the time so Disney does an amazing job of doing that, letting you know where you should be. Um, if you need to check out your strollers when you're going through security, they're on top of it. They let you know immediately when they see it. So kudos to Disney for that. That's just my first impressions on Universal. I'll do another episode on them later. But like I said, Disney's on top of it with parking, security, and basically everything, right? They're very organized, and I appreciate that uh, about Disney. All right, so we walked over to Hollywood after we came back to the Dolphin. There was like a dance competition that started this day. This was the first time we took our car anywhere. And when we got back, it was hard to find a parking spot. They actually had a bunch of dance teams performing at the Dolphin convention area. So um, parking was at a premium that day or the rest of the, the trip. So um so yeah, even when we left for the day, somebody waited for us and we, were, we had like two huge suitcases, a stroller, a bunch of bags, coolers and things like that. Like when we were checking out and somebody had to wait on us the whole time and we still had to load in our two young kids into their car seats. So um, I was like, it's going to be a little while, man. Um, and it was, but not too bad. So parking was definitely at a premium. We went to Hollywood and I kind of had, I had built one of those um, Savi's Workshop lightsabers before. I've done two of them in the past. I did them at Disneyland when I used to live in Las Vegas um, and the parks were only four hours from there. So I actually built a couple of them. It's an amazing experience if you haven't done it before. So kind of how you can buy lightsabers at Disney World is you can build it at Savi's Workshop through like a reservation, kind of like you do with the Droid Depot. If you want to build a droid, you get a reservation for your lightsaber build, and then you choose what kind of um, theme you're going to go with. And there's like four themes. So I did that, and I built two different themed lightsabers in the past. And I noticed they have this little like kyber crystal in there that changes the color. It changes the sounds as well. And I kind of just wanted to, to go through the store and check it out and see if I could buy a new crystal for it. And I ended up buying a white kyber crystal at uh, Doc Ondor's uh, for my custom saber. So um, so I was very excited to try that out when I got home and see what actually changed about it. And it actually does change. The color is really great. And it actually changes the sounds depending on what color you have as well. So, um, so you can either build a custom one or you can wait in line for a legacy lightsaber. So you can... And once I saw them in there, I kind of got hooked on it. And I was like, man, I really need to get a legacy lightsaber hilt um, the next time I'm at Hollywood. So I kind of talked it over with my wife and she was like, yeah, go ahead and do it. And um, and then I did it later on in the trip. So that's the one thing I'd never done before. Uh, but anyways, I bought the white kyber crystal. It works really great. They're just these like little tubes that you can buy and they're like 15 to $17 or something like that. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. And you can see that... They have like a glass case with all the legacy lightsabers in there. And a little tip that I learned on this trip was, and I'm sure a lot of people know this already, but if you're just going to look at the legacy lightsabers in the glass case, 
and they'll pull out like three of them for you and you can test it out with the blades and things like that. Um, they'll do that for you there. You can look it up to three and kind of decide if you want to buy it or not. So you do have to wait in the line if you want to do that experience, which I highly recommend if it's not a long line. Um, or if you know exactly which lightsaber hilt that you want, you can go right into the side. Just let them know so they don't think you're skipping line. But um, just go right in there. You can go up to the other counter where they have a cash register. And you can go ahead and just tell them you want this lightsaber, like Mace Windu's or Luke Skywalker's or whatever they have, and or Kylo Ren's. And just let them know, and they'll get it for you. They'll ask you if you want, like, a blade with it, which they have two different sizes. And, yeah, basically, there you go. You don't have to wait in line. So, um, so yeah, just a little pro tip there. I did ask about that. At Hollywood, we ate at the Backlot Express. And the Glimmer and Shimmer Blondie was really what I was going for. I really love this dessert. It's like a salted caramel uh, Blondie brownie style and it's delicious it's probably one of my favorite 50th desserts at the parks and we usually get a wookie cookie there too we didn't this time we ended up getting like a cheeseburger and a reuben sandwich which are both pretty good too um so we did that kind of cooled down and yeah just took a break and ate some some dinner there using the mobile ordering so i really love the mobile ordering you don't have to wait in line to order and it's actually easier to order on your phone for me um I kind of get overwhelmed sometimes when I'm seeing a menu and trying to remember what people want in my party. And it's just easier for me to mobile order on the app and just click that you're there whenever you're there. And then they'll start making it for you. And then they'll send you a notification right to your phone that it's ready to pick up. So um, really great experience. I'm really happy with the mobile ordering and the mobile checkout at some of the shops too. So I hope they add more of those as time goes on. Moving on to day five, this is the day before the fourth. This is third, we're at Epcot. Um, this is a pretty like chill day. We got the Guardians of the Galaxy virtual queue again. My wife's a pro at getting that in the morning. And we always end up around like noon or one o'clock when our return time is. So we did that, we did the rider swap. And the good thing about the rider swap is um, when you're in the virtual queue, that first line can take a little while. It's kind of like waiting in a shorter standby line. You go through the whole line. It's not like a quick, uh, or a lightning lane at all. And you're still waiting probably, I think I waited like 40 to 45 minutes in line. And if you're worried about missing like your, your spouse or whoever else is waiting with the children at that time, because my kids don't want to ride that. They're a little too young for it. My daughter actually meets the height requirement, but she doesn't want to ride it, so we're not going to make her. Um, so then I waited in line for like the 45 minutes while my wife waited with the kids, and then we would switch. But you can go up to the cast members. There's usually umbrellas next to the ride. And just tell them you want to do a rider swap because you have children that don't want to ride it or whatever, for whatever reason. And they do a good job of saying who's going to wait in the virtual queue line that would be me and then my wife would say that she's going to swap whenever i get done so then they'll add like a lightning lane reservation onto her magic band or her account and the good thing about that is i'm pretty sure it's good for most of the rest of the day so if you're worried about um, not returning in time for that 
because they do give you defined like hour long return window time. If you're worried about that, do the rider swap and it's pretty much good the rest of the day. So um, that was one perk to that. And uh, it actually worked out for us because we, we did that and then we had to go somewhere else because I think we had like a dining reservation or something like that. And we had to kind of take a break from Guardians and then my wife got to go back a little bit later on. So that's what we did for that. And it worked out really well. For Guardians this time, I was, I'm really into trying to get all six of those different songs. And this whole trip, I think they may have changed up something that they're doing. I got Disco Inferno, I think, all three times that I rode the, the ride this time. So I, my new theory is that in the morning, they play one song. And it just so happened to be during this trip, it was Disco Inferno. Um, like, what are the odds, right? I got it all three times. And then when my wife went back in the afternoon, like I said earlier, after the rider swap, she got, um, I ran. So, um, so maybe they pick like two, two or three songs throughout the day and kind of alternate them based on times, or maybe it could just be the time that I showed up. So they kind of were similar all three times when I showed up, which was around like 11 AM or 12 AM. So, or 12 PM. So who knows, but I think they're kind of limiting some of those songs and making some of them more rare to keep people writing it, which I love. Uh, but that ride is amazing. If you haven't ridden it yet, I highly recommend doing it. Some other things we did, we met Mulan in China, in the China Pavilion. She was really great. There was a short line. It was kind of like some of these lines for meet and greets are kind of mysterious and kind of a mystery, right? You have to check your app for those experiences. And we asked a cast member, he, he wasn't really even sure where uh, Mulan was meeting. So we just kind of waited out and another family was basically doing the same thing we were. So we just kind of piggybacked off each other and uh, just kind of followed each other around. And they were like, we're going to follow you for this um, trip. So that's kind of how it worked out. And then we, we ended up in the right place and Mulan was fantastic. So I highly recommend meeting her. We did the three Caballeros ride again over in Mexico. It's a classic boat ride, um, which we loved. If you didn't know there's a ride in there, there is one back there in Mexico. We did a garden grill lunch. Um, this is a character meal with Chip and Dale, uh, Pluto, and Farmer Mickey. And the food was pretty good. We had really great service this time. Shout out to Bob. Um, Bob made our experience a lot better that day, especially our kids were having a rough time. And basically my son was just really hungry and he only eats certain things. And we know that they had Mac and cheese here and that's one of his favorite meals. So we checked in about 10 or 15 minutes early, like they recommend us doing. I think we had a two 30 lunchtime and we checked in around two 15, two 20. And man, we waited for so long and it actually ended up being like a 40 to 45 minute wait after our reservation time. And we were kept seeing other people coming up later than us. And they kept getting seated because it was kind of like they had a big party and they had a big table available. And I understand how that goes. But it's just almost like they kept pushing us aside almost. I don't know if they were trying to, but it kind of came across that way. So, yeah, the Garden Grill service was amazing. But like I said, trying to get in, it was just it was a mess. And didn't help when, you know, when the kids get angry and upset, doesn't help. Um, 
I like we kept going up there every five ten minutes after like thirty minutes had passed after our reservation time, and then they like let us know they're running like forty five minutes late, and at that point we're like, yeah, no kidding, and. Like, I feel like that's some information that needs to be shared up front because we could have been waiting outside um, and letting letting our kids kind of roam around or play or getting a snack from outside. Because when you're in the land pavilion, you don't have your stroller. You have to park it outside quite a ways away. And yeah, we left all the snacks in the stroller. So, you know, that's some information that probably could have been shared up front. And I feel like we had a reservation for a reason, so they probably just overbooked the restaurant, and we we weren't really happy, honestly. And um, but yeah, I, I think they could kind of sense that when we came in, and we had really good, great service. Like I said, um, brought the kids some glow cubes to play with because they saw that they weren't happy either. So it, it turned around, and it just shows how quickly things can change if you weren't experiencing something great. I don't feel like you should have to do that to get good service. And I, I don't want to assume that's what happened there, but it uh, definitely played a factor. So uh, I don't want to get to that point where you have to be upset or complain about things to get good service. Cause that's not me at all. And at this day I just had enough. Right. So uh, I don't want that to be the norm and I don't want everybody to that complains to get perfect service. I feel like it should just be the standard that Disney um, strives for. And I feel like they used to be like that. And I feel like things are getting back to that point. And then some cast members are just always awesome. Some of them are training and don't really understand like the magic part of Disney. So uh, I'm giving him, giving us some time, giving him some training time. And I'm hoping things are getting back to normal where uh, almost every interaction you have is amazing. Um, but that hasn't been the case every time. And I've noticed a lot of like retail stores recently. Um, like there's no interaction whatsoever with like the customer. It's just kind of like, here's your stuff. See ya. And it's like, eh, it just kind of rubs you the wrong way, you know, when you're spending a lot of money. So I do hope things get back to normal the way they used to be. Things used to be really great. All the employees and cast members seem really happy. Um, so I'm hoping it gets back to that way. I've had some pretty good instances recently. Um, but they definitely are harder to find since coming out of the pandemic. So I don't know what's going on, if it's the training or, you know, what's going on. But I'm hoping everything gets back to the way it was. Because people do pay a lot of money and they expect great hospitality when they do pay a lot of money. So, um, so yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And I will say that Bob was amazing. He was really great. And he definitely made our meal special. So that was great. And the characters were great. They came around a couple of times each. And they signed autographs, took photos, and it was just a really great experience. A really great lunch. Um, so after that little hiccup with the reservation and being like 45, 50 minutes late, uh, which is an eternity with small children. So um, I just wish they could honor like those reservation times that we had. Anyways, lunch was delicious. Service was great. And if you're not familiar, it's served family style there at Garden Grill. And... I really like the chimichurri sauce with the steak and you can just ask for that or you can ask for the mashed potatoes. Disney knows how to do their mashed potatoes and I think I ordered, reordered some mashed potatoes and steak and if you want you can get some more mac and cheese so you just kind of pick and choose what you liked and they'll send you some more and dessert was great too. 
after that, let's see, that was July 3rd. That was our fifth day of our vacation. Let's go, let's talk about the 4th, July 4th, day 6 of our trip. We had a Hollywood morning planned, and then we were planning to go to Epcot later in the afternoon. I did have the extended hours because we were staying at the Dolphin, which is a deluxe resort in their view. And the park normally closes around 9 o'clock, but um, it would be extended two extra hours. And we had that kind of in our back pocket if we wanted to rest up at the hotel a little bit longer. But we definitely wanted to get in the park and didn't want it to reach capacity if that was a thing. Um, Because it definitely was busy for the fireworks, the 4th of July special fireworks. Um, But let's start with our morning. We got Genie Plus that morning. And we were just really wanting to play Toy Story Mania again. We really love it because our whole family can ride that ride. And our whole family really loves Toy Story. So we got Toy Story Mania first thing. And like I said before, I went over to Doc Ondar's or Ondar's um, Den of Antiquities. And I kind of got the itch to get one of those legacy lightsabers. And I was wanting to try that out for the first time. It is a little bit cheaper than... It, like depending on which lightsaber you get, um, it is a little bit cheaper than building your own or buying the complete set. I think it ends up being like twenty to thirty dollars cheaper, even with a blade. So, um, and you get like a cool case too um, to put it in. It's like a small case that's about a little bit bigger than the hilt size, and it's pretty cool for display purposes too. So, I definitely wanted to do that that morning. I went over there, and it took about maybe 10 minutes to get in, which wasn't too bad. Went in and waited inside for about another 5-10 minutes too, but it was in air conditioning. Got to look around the place, and it's a really cool place in there. And once I got in there, there's somebody in line to ask questions while you're still in line. So I kind of picked her brain and asked, you know, um, because I really didn't have much knowledge of it. I asked about, like, lightsaber colors, like, do you choose your colors and after she explained it, it makes sense that since these are legacy lightsabers, you want the colors to be accurate, the colors and sounds to be accurate to the blade or to the lightsaber itself. So, for instance, if you got Mace Windu's, it would be purple. If you got um, Luke Skywalker's from Return of the Jedi, it would be green, for instance. So, um, so yeah, just think about that, and that's what it was. She was really great about answering questions. They had the Ahsoka Tana limited edition. I think they only made like, I don't know. It was like maybe a few thousand or 6,000 maybe that they made. And they had those awesome looking white briefcases, um, those special boxes. And it came with two hilts, but it was like $400. So um, it looked kind of samurai style. I wonder if I could have looked at that. I didn't even think about looking at that. That would have been a good opportunity to do that. But I didn't do it that day. The ones I looked at, she explained that I could look it up to three. So I chose Luke Skywalker's to look at, the one from Return of the Jedi. It was pretty cool. It was pretty simple, though. And I really liked it. I thought I might get that one going in. But then I figured out, and I had seen around the park, that they sell those like long cases for like 220 bucks, the, the set that's already complete. And I thought if I really wanted it, I could just buy it there very quickly. So I didn't get that one, but I did like it. And what they do is they give you the hilt, and then they get a blade for it too. So you can like turn it on and try it out. Yeah, so I tried out Kylo Ren's as well. And I almost, I really just wanted to see it. I think it's really cool because it comes with those two tiny 
blades on the side, the red ones, plus the third one, like the normal size one. It is a little bit more expensive, I think, because it is heavier and it comes with those side uh, miniature blades as well. So you get a total of three blades. Um, and when I was holding it, it was like really cool. It was really heavy and felt really awesome. So, um, but those red blades lit up. It made that really cool sound that his blade made. And it almost swayed me. I almost decided to go for that one, but I decided against it. Um, the next one I tried out was um, Darth Maul's, which was really cool. It was also a red blade too. And it was kind of plain. I feel like if it was like Darth Maul and it came with two sets. Yeah, Darth Maul's was really cool. Um, I know there's a way to get like coupling for it and put two of them together, but then you have to buy like like two of the lightsaber hilts to put together. So it really adds up and you have to get double the blades, but you can, there's a way to make that I've seen online. Um, and that's probably would be the only way that I wouldn't buy that one, but who knows? Maybe it could change. Um, but I ended up with, and she probably thought I was a weirdo cause I didn't buy any of those three. Um, but I ended up with the reforged Skywalker one, the one that Anakin used, um, Luke Skywalker and, ray and also i think finn had used it as well but it's a blue blade and it's a really really cool uh, redesign on the classic lightsaber and i like the fact that all three of the skywalkers use that lightsaber so that was the one i went with and it's really really cool i like the way that it lights up blue the case is really great it's got like a blue emblem on the outside and the sound that it makes when it lights up and you're kind of like waving it around is really, really cool too. So I highly recommend it. That one was like 149 plus tax. It, you don't get pass holder discounts on those. You do get discounts on the blades, but not on the hilts themselves. But if you already have a blade, which I didn't really know at first, which I had two blades from the, the builds that I did at Savi's in the past, those ones would work just fine. But it worked out because I got a shorter, like, 26-inch blade versus a 36-inch. So I got, like, the shorter blade. And it's really cool, too. So now I have two different size blade lengths. Don't think I'll be buying any more blades anytime soon. I'll probably just buy the hilts and save um, $45 on that. But really great experience. I highly recommend it, even just to go look at it. You don't have to buy them. You can go look at them and they're really really cool they're always coming out with new ones so um, that was my new experience that i hadn't done before all right after that it was a really quick morning there we had a beaches and cream reservation for like 11 o'clock in the morning we were planning on getting some lunch getting some ice cream and we walked to the boardwalk area from hollywood and we sat down had a great meal i got um a burger which was great it was tasty my wife had some tater tots like chili cheese style and then we both got a couple of splits or she got a banana split and i got a sundae to share with the kids as well and they were really great i highly recommend that place the ac was pumping and it was super hot that day so uh, much needed rest in the air after that we went to the arcade we'd been telling our daughter we're going to go to the arcade and at the Dolphin, it was actually really nice. It's kind of like a mini Dave and Buster's or whatever um, that you're used to back home. It's kind of like a Dave and Buster's. You get those cool games. You load up your card to play and it tracks everything for you. 
And then it even has like a prize vending machine. So there, there's no employees in there or anything, but you all use it on this like little gift card type thing that it tracks it on, tracks your points that you earn on the games. And then you can also redeem them as well. So uh, we spent like a good 45 minutes in there and had a lot of fun. There's some pretty good games that you would normally see like out of Dave and Buster's, like I said. Then we relaxed in the room for a little bit. We kind of walked around the pool area, but it was really busy given that it was the 4th of July. So the pools were really busy. We decided just to go back to the room, hang out, get some air conditioning. Then we went like early afternoon, like 3 p.m. back to Epcot so we can get there for the 4th of July fireworks. And we kind of just hung out. It was a really great afternoon. We walked. My, me and my wife decided to go by the... Um, the bar outside of America, of the Regal Eagle place, right? The barbecue place. And they have a really nice bar right there. It wasn't busy at all. And they have some really good drinks on their menu. So we did that. They have some good beers as well. And we just kind of chilled there. And it's a really good place to, to chill in the shade and just hang out. It was a good way to spend the 4th of July in the American Pavilion. So I really enjoyed that experience. And after a while... I wanted to do, I definitely wanted to do test track this trip, and I'd never actually tried single rider line, so I made it a point to go do that while the kids and uh, my wife were hanging out, and it took me like all of five minutes, maybe five, ten minutes to get onto the attraction, so, um, and I think it was like a 60 minute wait, so if you really don't mind getting split up from your party, I highly recommend the single rider line, and it was a great time, it was a lot of fun. One uh, one point to note out, we were kind of expecting some flower and garden merchandise to be on sale because we had gone the last week, um, the previous year in 2021, and everything was like 50% off or a lot of stuff was, but this time nothing was on sale. And I don't know if they were holding on to it for next year because we did notice a lot of it wasn't like year specific. So maybe they're holding on to it for next year or maybe they were waiting until um, like right now, right before uh, the new festival comes out, and maybe they were trying to push it before that festival and then put it on sale. Not really sure. I think they're probably just holding on to it for next year, or maybe going to the warehouse or something, uh, the character warehouse, and sell it a little bit discounted there. I could see that as well. But kind of a bummer on that. We were expecting to do that and buy a couple of things on discount, but that didn't happen. Then came time for the fireworks and it was like the normal harmonious show um my wife and i and the kids we made it a point to kind of watch it from america slash japan because it's directly across from the ball um the epcot ball spaceship earth and i thought that'd be kind of a cool backdrop as well to see it from and turns out after harmonious was over they had a special fourth of july display which was very quick it was like maybe five minutes long and it was just, it was fantastic. It was just high spots of fireworks left and right. And at the end, we like looked at each other like, oh my gosh, this is like overwhelming. It sounds like something's going horribly wrong. And um, I guess that's a, the making of a really good finale, right? Like Sam Eagle would have done. But there were fireworks going off like right behind us at the American Pavilion, at the American Experience. And uh, it was just phenomenal. It was a lot going on. And like I said, it was so much fireworks and so much explosions going on that we thought something was going wrong. But I guess that's just how they how they do it on the 4th. 
and it was a really good fireworks show. I do have a video of it on my YouTube channel, uh, so if you want to check it out, feel free to. It's uh, Joel New World's my channel. After that, it was so busy leaving after the fireworks were done. We didn't want to stay for the extended hours. I think we were getting kind of tired and just wanted to head back and have a good night's sleep. But it was so busy. Like, it was shoulder to shoulder walking back along the World Showcase. And even up until a long way to the boardwalk, we noticed the Skyliner line went all the way where it normally does. But it extended all the way down to, like, the beach club. So that's how, how many people were trying to get on the Skyliner right after fireworks time. So uh, if that was us, I probably would have just waited in the park as long as I could. But that's crazy. I've never seen the Skyliner line that long. I'm sure it happens on busier times, but that was the longest I've ever seen it. And then once you got past that line at like Beach Club, it started to thin out a little bit. But there were definitely a lot of people walking back that night. Um, and it was a really great night. It was a good way to spend the 4th of July. And it was just a lot of fun. All in all, though, it was a good trip. Like I said, we left the next morning. We got the suitcases packed up. And the parking lot was just really busy at that time, too, because of the, like, dance competition and being the 4th of July and everything. So, um, but yeah, we were glad to, to get back home and um, start talking about our next trip. It was a really good experience. And... We had a good time. We we enjoyed the 4th, enjoyed the fireworks, enjoyed some food, and made some memorable moments. That's what it's all about at Walt Disney World, is making those memorable moments and planning your next trip, which we hopefully will be doing here very, very soon. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was our trip report, our 4th of July trip report. Sorry, it was a little bit late getting out, but... Um, I plan to get back on my weekly routine and weekly schedule. Still planning on what the next episode will entail. I think it's going to be more of a fun episode back to, um, you know, rides or food or something like that. A special episode like that. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed it today. Um, follow me on Twitter at a Joel New World. And like and subscribe on YouTube. My YouTube channel is a Joel New World. And make sure to download these episodes. Every little bit helps. I hope you enjoyed these uh, episodes and enjoyed my trip report. I had a great time making it and kind of reflecting back on what went well, what didn't go well, and what we would do for next time. Um, but anyways, I hope everyone is doing well, and I will see you all next time on A Joel New World. Mm -hmm.